everybody. I'm Steve Huffman. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the Vineyard, and welcome to the Team Vineyard podcast, where we try to help equip you with tools to love Jesus, grow together, and give back. And we are in this podcast series called What's in the Head of, and fill in the blank, uh, different roles or giftings of folks. And today, I'm pleased to kick off this conversation with uh, three intercessors here at the Vineyard Church exploring what's in the head of an intercessor. So I want to do a quick introduction. Uh, We have three other voices that you'll hear from. We've got Christy Knapp. Hello, everybody. So Christy's been with the church for, how long have you been here, Christy? A long time. We're coming up on 17 years. Oh, my word. Wow. That's a long time. So Christy, uh, I would say, uh, is a faithful intercessor. We'll talk about what an intercessor here is in a minute, but uh, uh, has been praying faithfully for the church for a long time. And uh, next to Christy is Jim Waldrop. Uh, Jim is relatively new here at the Vineyard. Jim, you want to say hello? How long have you been at the Vineyard? Hello. We, I'm, we've been at the Vineyard uh, for about uh, five months. Five months. And you come from the state of? The great state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma, which is the weather's just like it, Oklahoma here, isn't it? Yes, it's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, know, I've gotten to know Jim uh, very soon after you started. We connected uh, and had a discussion about some of your history as an intercessor. And so we'll, we'll unpack that. And then next to Jim is Ann Huffman, my lovely wife. Ann, you want to describe yourself? How long have you been coming to the vineyard? Well, I've been coming here to the vineyard with Steve <laughs> since uh, 2012. We came here and I joined intercession right away because that's what I do. You just go to where the prayer is happening. Yeah, so Ann... Uh, is a faithful prayer. She leads the intercession team here at the church. And so that's uh, uh, the group of voices that we'll be listening to as we unpack what's in the head of an intercessor. So we've we've got to address right at the top of this, what is intercession? Uh, It's sprinkled every now and again in the Bible. I I would uh, argue that they're really important Uh, aspects in scripture when it says someone's an intercessor. Uh, But what, in your own words, or maybe scripturally, uh, what is an intercessor or what is intercession? Who wants to take that one? As we all awkwardly look at, oh, here's Jim. I'll take that one. An intercessor, uh, to me, Steve, is uh, one who appeals to God on behalf of another, who stands between another person and uh, the Lord. And uh, as, as we know, Jesus was the great intercessor, and the Holy Spirit is an intercessor. And so we're in good, uh, we're in good company. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. Anybody want to add? Well, I would, uh, I have that, that thought, and then um, I would expand it to me for uh, even not just people, because you can pray, inter- you can intercede for a person, and listen for God's heart for a person. But you can do that for a location, for a church, for a business, for anywhere, a family, anywhere that you um, walk where you can say, God, what's your heart for this place? And the more you, you know, he gives you his heart uh, and tugs at your heart for certain things. And then to me, an intercessor is just being obedient to that thing that caught your attention that God is doing and praying to see it 
praying and acting until that comes to pass. Yeah, that's really, Chris, do you want to add anything to that? Um, the first thing that came to my mind was um, someone to stand in the gap, and we'll unpack it a little bit later, um, maybe when we talk a little bit about my specific call. Yeah. But there's a verse in Ezekiel, I think it's 2230, that says, I looked for someone to stand in the gap, and yeah. there was nobody that I could find. Um, so for me, that that is what the Lord has called me to do, is stand in the gap for um, specifically for the church. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, uh, as people describe intercession is sometimes when the, uh, many times when you talk to an intercessor, they'll talk about standing in the gap or standing in between one of the best descriptions. It's sort of a visual that I saw when someone was describing what intercession was, uh, they stuck a, uh, three chairs up on the stage and on one of the chairs they described as that was God's hopes, his dreams, his wishes for whatever it was. On the other chair was uh, an individual or an opportunity that was struggling or living in the world, right? And that middle chair was an intercessor that was connected to both God and what his hopes and dreams were in the world. And you're just praying God's will to the to the other chair. And so it's that stuck with me for a long time. But that verse in Ezekiel is where we get that standing in the gap. And then in Hebrews, Jim, you talked about Jesus as our intercessor. Such an important verse. Hebrews 7.25 says, He's able to save forever those who draw near to God through him because he, Jesus, always lives to make intercession for them. And so it's this picture of Jesus interceding between us and God the Father and continually being uh, praying for us. And so it's just a great, great picture. So that's... That's sort of what intercession is, uh, but I think we need to go a step deeper into practically what does that look like. So what does it look like for you all? I got a verse this morning, and I think it was for this. Uh, it's Jude 3. Beloved, although, and Paul, I think, well, Jude I don't know who's writing to who, sorry about that. But, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing you to, to you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And then after that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John came to mind. Um, the foundations of what faith looks like. So for me, um, contending means I'm going to lean in until I feel I'm finished. Mm. Uh, I'm going to keep on something until it's finished and it's kind of a one track i'm on a one track mind so practically when whatever that thing is that god's given you to pray for you're just going to stand in the gap until it's finished yeah or until the other party says we're not doing that yeah yeah because <laughs> you know you know you can pray for someone but there could be interruptions i mean yeah there's sometimes there's not an open door to walk through but um yeah, I'm willing. So, you know, for anyone who says, oh, you don't really want to pray. Oh, I do. <laughs> like, I'll sit here and pray until heaven comes, till thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And that is the reward to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven yeah. um, for whoever you're in the gap for to see God uh, glorified. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jim, what is it practically, intercession practically, what does it look like? Uh, for me, Steve, it's uh, praying for family, praying for church, uh, praying for believers, 
uh, and, and praying for people where special needs arise. Uh, currently, I'm praying for the Russian, Alexei Navalny, <clears throat> excuse me, who's imprisoned yeah. for, for really opposing uh, Putin. Yeah. And he's a believer. And, uh, of course, they're not wanting him to get out of prison alive. So I'm praying for him. I'm praying for the country of uh, Taiwan. I don't know anyone in Taiwan, but they're under a constant threat from invasion from uh, China, as we know. So we can pray for countries. We can pray for people. Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, so, so that's what it looks like for you. Yes. Yeah, Christy? I think for me, um, it looks different depending on my geographic location. Um, but the most important thing for me is to maintain a connection with the Father. So kind of consistently being in conversation with God and also being a student of the Word has taken me to new depths and heights in my ability to, to know God and how to relate to Him. Yeah. Can we get even more practical with this question? Like, so all those... Uh, I would affirm that that's intercept, like you're praying, uh, reading the word, connecting the word to the thing. But what does it look like when you intercede? Where do you, these are maybe simple questions, but I think it can be helpful for people. Where do you do it? When do you do it? Why do you do it? What prompts you to do it? Do you do it with a list? Do you not do it with a list? Are you praying in this, like, does it, like really, really, let's boil this down to, What's in your head practically when you enter into that? Anybody can jump in. They're all thinking right now. They're all staring at me. That's, that's probably a good thought. Not thinking is a good place to start. Oh, yeah. Um, as soon as I pray for someone, I usually I sit down and um, uh, just sit down and be, <laughs> try to just be and tune into God's heart, uh, listening Lord, what's on your heart for this person? And they may be speaking, but I'm still listening for what's on his heart and filtering out, like trying to listen to what are the key things that are standing out that are important and and narrowing in on those and following where God might want to go with that. Yeah, and so you do it with people. With people. Is there a certain time that you carve uh, out in your day that that's your intercession time? Yes, early morning. And then I have weekly. I show up for intercession Tuesdays every week as much as I can. Um, Someone said my gifting was showing up. And so showing up has been the most important part of God blesses those who show up. And I had a word spoken, spoken over me. God sees that you keep showing up. And I thought, okay, I can do that. So it's really simple. Sometimes the biggest battle is showing up to whenever your time is, whether it's early morning or it's meeting with another person. Oh, that's really good. If you just get there, even if you don't feel like it, get there. And often whatever caused me to not feel like it leaves when I do get there. Yeah. So I know God rewards those who earnestly seek him. I believe he does, and he has been faithful to do that for me. Yeah, that's good. Jim or Christy, anything you would like practically, is it? a time of day is it a feeling is it is it all the time is it three in the morning when is it for you guys um i don't necessarily have a consistent time i i just try to be available to what the lord's doing um but something practically that kind of jump started a whole new 
um, aspect of my prayer life was in the last year, I started just going for walks um, to get out of the house. And uh, the Lord just started to put on my heart to be praying for the space that I was walking in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that started to turn into my neighborhood. And so now it's, you know, when I'm in the grocery store and there's never a place that it's not possible to be interceding on behalf of another or on behalf of the Father. Yeah, that's really good. So everywhere. But I mm-hmm. like the fact that you're mm-hmm. walking around and taking some level of ownership or spiritual mm-hmm. ownership in those areas that you're walking to intercede on this behalf. That's really good. Jim, what about you? You know, it's good to pray for a family, yeah. but uh, as a group, but it's much better to pray for them as individuals and uh, as if they're the only person. Focus wow. on them, pray what we know for them, and then at the end of the prayer, Ask the Lord, is there anything else? And many times a word of knowledge will come forth and allow us to zero in on something specific that we can be helpful in praying for. Yeah, that's that's good. Believing that they're the only person there. Rather than a shotgun. Yeah. You know, it's, when you zero in yeah. by asking the Lord, is there anything else? Because a lot of people we don't know much about. And then, of course, we can pray in the Spirit for things we don't know about. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. So I want to I want to go to your journey of intercession back in history. Uh, so if you could just briefly think through how did you start to formulate or begin your journey of intercession? When did it start? How did it start? Did somebody grab you and say, "Hey, come do this with me"? Was it something in scripture, Christy? Um, We took a bus trip um, from the church in 2017 to IHOP in um, Kansas City. It wasn't the pancake place. Right. International House of Prayer. I was on that trip. Yes. Yeah. Um, So we were having a meeting um, with some of the some of the voices in charge at IHOP one day. And um, there was actually a public prophetic word spoken specifically to me saying um, that God was calling me to be an intercessor. It wasn't something that I was um, actively pursuing or was really even considering, but um, things changed after it was spoken out loud to me. Yeah, that's really, I, I, I remember that time. Uh, I remember the ment- the quick mental wrestling of, I'm not sure if I'm an intercessor, uh, but what the cool thing, and in scripture you can see this, uh, people would get words or prophetic words, words given to them, which are just an invitation from God to step into what he might be calling you to. And what I appreciate about Christy is she got that word, and even though she didn't feel like it was really her, she stepped into it, and her prayer life blossomed significantly. What about you guys, uh, Jim or Anne? What, what started the journey of intercession for either one of you? Uh-huh. For me, it was very abrupt. I mean, I think we have a personality that tends to carry burdens all our life, and we might not know who we are as intercessors, so that could be another topic. But I was in church one day, and we were at our previous church, and the pastor was preaching. All I heard him say was, well, we're going to be an Acts 2 church. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I just read that. We better start praying. And so I said to him, I'll be in the closet. 
from Monday, every Monday, anyone who wants to show up, I'll be in the prayer room. I really didn't know what I was doing. Then I realized I need to learn about praying. And I learned what praying, you know, <laughs> just gathered whoever I had to, five people showed up, we prayed. And, but what dropped in my heart was a burden for um, how God wanted to move. And I had a picture of a large crowd of people pressed up against the glass, hungry to get in the church, desperate. And I thought, they're coming. There's a lot of people coming. And uh, so it, it, um, I've been praying for that movement since. Yeah. Yeah. So that burden uh, started. You don't remember the rest of the sermon, but that just that call, the Lord highlighted that. That verse stuck out to me, yeah. 242 yeah. and 3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Just good. stood out and captured my attention. And other things have captured my attention as well, like yeah. for healing. There was a just maybe a person you shouldn't be praying for families or a certain person said something, asked me a question, and that captivated me to pray. To pray. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. I like how the stories are different. Like, it's good. What about you, Jim? What started your... I was with a group in Oklahoma, and uh, we had people come in every Monday night for prayer, and they came from different churches and different cities and different states. And uh, I was with that group, as I said, 11 years, and uh, so that really started it. And when when we came, Millie and I came up here, uh, we were shut in quite a bit with the uh, with the situation as during it was, COVID. Yeah, during COVID. and uh, we were beginning to get frustrated because we didn't feel like we were doing anything yeah. for the Lord. And however, we had people calling from Oklahoma for prayer, and so we would put them on a list and make a list. And uh, in fact, we decided, well, we're we're not doing we're, we're in the intercessory business right now. Is what we're doing because <laughs> you're in your house. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so. So we have a list, and it's family, and it's uh, friends, and uh, churches, and pastors, and uh, countries, and yeah, so forth. Yeah. So that started the journey. Good. So there, there will be people likely listening right now that uh, they've never explored intercession. They're interested in prayer. If you could, anybody could throw anything out. If you could tell them to do one thing what's the one thing that you would tell them to explore or do to see if intercession was their gift their calling however you want to describe that what's the what's the thing i may have stumped all of them we're we're all in the intercessory business you know paul encourages us over in the uh, uh after at the end of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, that uh, he says, let everyone pray for believers and others, etc. Yeah. So really, we all have a part of intercession, uh, even though we might not believe we're intercessors per se. Yeah, that's really good. Christy? Yeah, I was thinking similarly that it's not necessarily that um, that there's specific people who are the only ones who God wants to to press into this. So I would say even if you're curious and you're willing, come and join us on a Tuesday night or come um, find where the prayer room is on a Sunday morning and partner with the voices that are in there and just start connecting with the Father. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, 
Anne's shaking her head. She agrees with that. And here's the invitation uh, if you're listening and want to explore it. I've got a couple other questions, but I just feel like there's a good opportunity of an on-ramp. I have not been able to uh, do anything other than invite someone to intercession or a prayer meeting before they realize that that's that's how God wired them. That's what they should be doing. Like you can describe it. We can have a podcast. We can do, but until someone experiences the environment of people praying for something. And so the the invitation is Tuesday nights at uh, seven, Tuesday nights, seven o'clock uh, at Jackson Road. Uh, just come look for the, inter- ask when you enter the doors, hey, where's the intercession meeting? And people will point you to it, but come and experience it. Or on a weekend, uh, you can grab one of the pastors and say, hey, where's the prayer room? You can go up to the prayer room and just experience uh, people interceding. Uh, and we really hope that Vineyard is a place that is safe, that you can ask good questions and experience things that you may not have been able to experience before. So that's the that's the invitation. Also, the other thing is explore explore scripture every time it says the word intercessor. Uh, it's Old Testament. It's New Testament. There's not a ton, uh, but they're just so powerful uh, when they come up. So that's uh, practical steps. Um, a couple of other things. How would someone know... What are some qualities that someone might that you you might look at and go, oh, after hearing that story, you might be a you might be an intercessor, you might be a praying person, and not even know it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And um, let's see. I guess one thing that came to mind earlier was there's there's people who feel burdens for things and they don't know what to do with them, and sometimes they just stir in them. Um, Maybe they're sensitive to things that are going on and they carry other people's burdens and sometimes don't let them go. But if you just, I mean, prayer is about being a friend of God. You care about what he cares about. And that can be all of us. Mm -hmm. Once we start to care about what God cares about and he draws us into that. And I, I think in life, my verse that, I have James 2, 3. It says, Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. And just the whole journey, I mean, you can call it whatever it is. It's being a friend of God. Mm-hmm. I want to be a friend of God. And wherever he is, I want to be there. I want to be with who his heart is hurting for. I want to be with where he's celebrating. I want to be a friend of God. Yeah. And Moses went to some extra measures <laughs> to do that. He climbed the mountain. He he just was willing and wanted to be God's friend. So it's all about that. You don't have to have a special skill. You don't have to have anything. I think the thing that compelled my life was just break my heart for what breaks yours. That's a good and point. And everything I am for your kingdom and a song. And then show me how to love like you. That's a lifetime journey. Show me how to love like you for a person. For wherever you've put me, show me how to love like you to see this, whatever you want to blossom, what you want to bring to life. And so I just hang out and listen. And on on Tuesdays, we just sit and love God and listen for his voice and share in fellowship with him. So somebody who's overly, this is not a negative thing, but overly empathetic, they can really feel like, oh, this is a burden and something has to be done about it. You might be an intercessor. Mm -hmm. 
right? That that's a good way to, mm-hmm. uh, to to describe that, Jim. I told my wife one time. I said, I know that I'm called to the ministry because the worst people tell me about the, what they've done and what they do, the worse it gets, the more I love them. And I'm not really a compassionate person. She said, Jim, you're right. You're not a compassionate person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so. So if you're an overly not a negative thing, but you're an overly compassionate, like you, something has got to be done. Your mercy gift is huge. Mm-hmm. You might be, uh, you could be an intercessor. Uh, something to think about. Now, now I want to, I want to ask something a little pointed, uh, because I know with Ann and I, it's come up before regarding intercession when we pray. There are times at which the crying slash dying needs of the world can become overwhelming. So, how do you, as an intercessor, Jim or or Christy? When you hear like issue after issue after issue, how do you not carry that to a crushing point? Like, it, does that make sense? How do you uh, not get overwhelmed? Or do you have a prayer list that's 100 pages long? Well, that's a good question, Steve. Uh, sometimes we do get overwhelmed. And... Uh, 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 when, you, when one has compassion for another and you see the hurt, sometimes you do get overwhelmed. So I don't know, I don't know the answer to your question. Yeah. Well, I, but even Jesus wept. I know that yeah. verse changed my life. Jesus wept. And I realized I was listening to a lot of hard things and stuffing them, like to pray. I'll stuff that. And, and then, uh, but I realized Jesus was open. He felt things. He acknowledged, I feel this. That's hard. And then he let it go. And then um, God came in with power and he stood up. You know, after he he acknowledged his emotions, the emotions are the sadness. He felt the sadness of Mary. He felt the sadness. And a lot of praying people are, I don't know, we call them feelers or empathetic people. In the non-Christian world, we call them empaths. Well, we're able to sense what's in the environment. Then God says, then we need to say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a Holy Spirit of power, love, and self-control. So there is a, there are a, things we can feel and sense spiritually, but then say, no, and what are you doing here in Jesus' name? Yeah. That will, then we pray that, we release that instead of fear. God, I thank you for faith in this room. We release faith and yeah, tell fear to go. Opposite. That's really good. And then we, or the other thing is listening for what's God's heart. And yeah. then once you get that, once you listen in, oh, I know this is an overwhelming situation, but what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And once we proclaim that, we know he's on it by faith. Yep. We know he's doing something. Yeah, that's good. Christy, what about you? How do yeah. you deal with all those? I think, um, well, absolutely agree with the other two that I definitely still get overwhelmed no matter how connected I am with the Father. You know, cares of this world and, you know, personal struggles and things they get overwhelming but for me practically if I take the time to pause and redirect my thoughts toward heaven rather than how I might be feeling or the situation that's overwhelming me um, and sometimes that can just be a prayer but a lot of times if I will put on worship music and just let that kind of impact the physical environment that I'm in, a shift will come. 
and I might not have to utter a single word, but it's inviting God, Jesus, Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit to come and intervene into the situation because I don't have the answer. So uh, does everything make it to your prayer list? Like the, the, you hear the news, you hear the, all that, so it does everything, every one of them's shaking their head. You can't hear it. <laughs> so how do you no. filter it? How do you know what to grab onto and intercede on behalf of? And how do you just say, okay, that one's going to pass? Listen to your heart. Mm. Talk more about that. <clears throat> how do well, you do that, Jim? If you have, if you have a particular, well, like this fellow that I'm praying yeah, for yeah. in Russia. I empathize with him because he's he's really the opposite of Putin, and he's a, he's a believer, and uh, so I had a, I had compassion for him. So, so I mean, something's captured your heart, yeah. in, the, in the middle of that, yeah. And so that's how you filter. How, how do you guys filter? Do you pray for everything? No, no, no. Not even everything. People sometimes people ask you to pray for a certain thing, and you have to say, Lord, what are you doing? Okay. What are you doing? Um, so if and and for me, who needs prayer? Where where am I needed? You know, I looked for a man to stand in the gap, and I found none. So if there's for me, where's the thing only I can do? Where's my specific? Um, where have you attached me? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a knowing of who who God made you specifically to be. Um, you know, as you've heard everybody share, we all have very different prayer focuses, and so. Even where God has placed you geographically, like where your kids go to school, where you live, those are all places that God can work. So start with where he has physically placed you and who he has placed in your sphere of influence and start with that. It doesn't have to be, it might be Taiwan, Mm -hmm. um, but you don't know until you start somewhere, and sometimes that's just right inside the four walls of your own house. Yeah, it's it's what I hear you describing is taking spiritual responsibility for where you're at. Mm-hmm. So your home, your neighborhood, your school, your office, wherever you're at. Yeah, that's that's powerful. That's really good. Also, don't underestimate what you can do through prayer. Um, for example, you know, the more you pray for something, some area, the more spiritual authority you get there. God trusts you because you've opened your heart to love deeply a person or a place like the church. You know, when we change churches, I'm like, Lord, this is the place you've planted me. So give me your heart of love for what you want to do here. And, yeah. You know, sometimes God will let you hurt. Mm. The question mm-hmm. might be, how do you not hurt when you deal with people in pain? And sometimes God allows you to hurt. Yeah. Look at Mary when she was looking at Jesus on the cross. Yeah. God said, God could have gone down and whispered in her ear, saying, "This is going to be all better." Yeah. But He didn't. Yeah. Look at uh, Jacob and Joseph. They went years separated in pain, and God could have whispered to them, "This is all going to be okay." Sometimes God will let us hurt. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So, what's the uh, what's the? And don't go long on this one, but this is just a quick question. What's on the top of your intercession list right now? Big thing. What's the one big thing, Jim? Uh, family. Yeah, Christy. 
revival. Ooh. I would agree with Christy. I mean, and, and a revival of what's a person, an individual, a place, wherever that, wherever God is hovering, I want to be there. So I walk the city. Uh, right, I've been walking in the city of South Bend and listening for where he wants to move because uh, he burdened my heart for that area a long time ago, and he's reviving that in my heart. Yeah. Um, and then how we're connected to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What, one of the things I, I wrote down as a note uh, is the call to intercession doesn't does not mean call to intercession within the church. So would you all, ag- I, th- I think you would agree with this, that we have people in the marketplace who are called to be intercessors for the marketplace. Mm-hmm. We have people in management at some job who their role is to pray in the marketplace. We have people in school who that's the intercessor that should be praying for their school. And one of the misconceptions is intercession is either at my home or it's in the church. And uh, to break down those walls that you can be, you, you might be an intercessor and your job is to build an RV and pray like crazy and take spiritual responsibility for the factory, every RV you touch, mm-hmm. every, like that's, would you agree with that? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the bigger misconceptions about intercession is, oh, I've got to be intercession either on staff or in the church all the time. Those things are great, but boy, you can be an intercessor in Bremen or Plymouth or in your, uh, I know Jim, you're, you're in an apartment, you're interceding in, for your apartment complex. One of the beauties of being a friend of God is when you hang out a lot with him, you kind of carry the presence of God with you. So you, everywhere you go, if you know, I carry that, where does it need to be? It could be, oh, I'm going to start a business in this part of town and be a resident available person for whoever walks in to have a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, bloom, you know, where will you send me? Yeah. You know, send me. And then you become a fixture, a presence yep. in that place. It could be school. It could be anywhere. You could be the encourager of the people who are in those places. Christy, you got something? Yeah, I wanted to just share a quick encouraging story of an individual that I um, am aware of that she is employed at a nursing home. And she shared with me that when COVID started, she decided that she was going to show up to work early And she prayed the blood of Jesus over the doorposts of the facility. And uh, I was recently back visiting at that facility and the, they had no COVID positive residents. And I believe truly that it was because of one woman's choice to come in early and pray the blood of Jesus over that place. Yeah. The power of prayer, uh, is incredible, indescribable, uh, so, a uh, couple of things to finish. Uh, are intercessors weird? Many right. times people would talk about intercessors and like, oh, it's the weird people in the closet that are, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that I can go visit them. We're the exciting people. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who comes in there is so exciting. I just think it's so fun to meet all the variety of people. It yeah. doesn't matter how much. Some people say nothing. Yep. Some people say something. But everybody has a unique expression of God inside of them yeah. and brings something beautiful to the table. So you don't have to be a certain way. That I think it's just a beautiful place to entertain God with his children. 
Yeah. That's what prayer is. Wherever there's two, you can do that. It doesn't matter how different you are. We acknowledge everybody's uniqueness <laughs> and yeah. love, you know, just love the uniqueness in people and whatever he's put in, like all these stories. What's he put in you, Christy? What's he put in you, Jim? I just want to know. Yeah. And that's just the, that burns a flame. Mm-hmm. It just brings a flame of unity. Charles Finney tells a story <clears throat> in his book on revival about a man who was sick and homebound, couldn't get out at all. And he spent uh, a couple of years praying. Have you read that, Steve? I have. And uh, praying for churches and pastors. And right after he died, revival broke out where he had been praying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's, uh, my hope is, is uh, that a new love of prayer is awakened in people when they realize that you don't have to be weird, you don't have to set aside 12 hours a day, that you can step in where you're at, take spiritual ownership and intercede on behalf of what God is doing, but what the world is showing and great things uh, happen. And so our hope in this podcast is to give you a small glimpse into what's in the head of an intercessor and encourage you, uh, no matter what uh, prayer level you think that you're at or just exploring, to try, explore, come attend Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, come to the prayer room, uh, because who knows what God might do in an invitation and prayers that many times, at least from me, are not eloquent, but God hears them. So it's a powerful time. Thanks for joining in on this podcast. Uh, Again, where we're trying to help equip you, love Jesus, grow together, and give back. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, everybody uh, who helped with this podcast. And we will see you this weekend.